0: And still, never once did, you know, we feel at harm. You never knew, never felt like we were going to be in harm's way. The, the group, some of our group experienced some tear gas from the wind blowing over and getting kind of in their mouth and, and lungs. But, you know, it just, it's not as, it was never as bad as what the media is hyping it up to be. There's definitely some things that went down uh, that I definitely do not condone. You know, obviously I condemn that. We'd, we could have went to the Capitol building if we wanted to. We could have got up on, the, on the, the scaffolding. There was some of people in our group that did go up on the scaffolding to wave flags and, you know, it, it was, I guess, empowering for them and stuff. But, and, and to me, that was fine. You know, they were never going into the building. There was thousands upon thousands of people on these scaffoldings. So, and it was actually pretty cool because when they got up on the bench side of the scaffolding, where I guess like Congress and stuff would be sitting during the inauguration, uh, they, they rolled out this giant flag up there. And it was a pretty cool, like patriotic moment. And that's when people started singing the national anthem. And and that was just awesome. And then they brought out like a we the people flag and stuff like that. And and during this whole thing at this point, I still am thinking like this is a part of the show. I'm like, man, this is this is awesome because this is what the people are putting on. And come to find out, you know, it was just people overtaking the Capitol. <laughs> <laughs> so.
1: The cerebral. Entertainment Podcast, podcast. podcast. podcast.
2: Thank you for checking into this edition of the Cerebral Entertainment Podcast. Before we get started, I just wanted to remind you to go to buyjack.com/slash CEP to pick up all of your CEP network gear and visit TrueNutrition.com for all of your nutrition and supplement needs. And when you check out, be sure to use the code CEPN for a 5% discount on your total order. Now, for this episode, Colt and I sit with returning guest Bryant Wolfen. Bryant is a small business owner who ran for a seat in the Missouri House of Representatives, and he joins us to discuss his campaign and some of the highlights and pitfalls of running for office, his stance on issues such as taxes and gun control, and his first-hand experience at the recent Washington, D.C. riot, a.k.a. the storming of the Capitol. Be sure to visit Bryant on the socials and let him know that you heard his story on the CEP. You can find all this information in the show notes to this show. And so, without further introduction, here we go. Hey everybody, welcome back to yet another riveting edition of the Cerebral Entertainment Podcast. I am James, and with me as always is my good friend Colt. Yes, sir. And with us today we have special returning guest, I think we counted four or five times, something like that, we lost count, Mr. Bryant Wolfen. Bryant, how you doing, sir? Hey, guys. I am doing
0: fantastic. Thanks for having
2: me back. Great to have you back. Welcome to the podcast studio of Colts. Oh,
0: it's it's a major upgrade since last time. Right? It's pretty sweet, right? Yeah, it's awesome. What was
1: wrong with my bedroom? (laughs) The closet was fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
2: He's moving up and it's looking great. So thanks for coming out, man to talk to us. We got a couple different topics to we want to discuss with you today. Um, we tend to go down a lot of the political landscape type of conversation when we have you here. and that's because you are a political guy. You, you're into politics, not just like as a hobby or anything. you actually ran. For what was it, state rep in yes. the state of Missouri?
0: Yep, I ran for state representative in my district, which was District 116.
2: Yeah. So talk to us a little bit about that. How did that go, man? What was the, I mean, not not just everybody runs for state rep, right? Right. So just about anything you tell me is going to be news to me about what okay. that's even like. So just whatever you think is uh, interesting or even the mundane, just to kind of give us some insight into what that's like to try to become one of the state representatives.
0: Well, first of all, I learned why there's not a lot of people that do run, uh, because it is a crap ton of work, man. And, and you know, unfortunately, it didn't go my way, as as people could probably go where the tone of this is going. We obviously, we didn't win. Um, you know, like I said, we, I ran against Representative Dale Wright. Um, and in the last podcast I was here, I kind of stated my reasons why. I won't get back into that for time purposes. And so basically, I ran a race that was based on grassroots and working my freaking tail end off. And, you know, we knocked, I knocked personally about 2,200 doors. Um, you know, COVID really hurt that as well. It could have been more um, or at the same time, I guess it could have been less because there was less time spent at doors because of, you know, people not wanting to be as close and you know it was more just dropping off rather than, you know, talking to constituents, but we had still 20, 2,200 doors and um, you know, I had some endorsements that helped out there as well that that actually exceeded, you know, 14,000 doors total knocked for me. But we'll get into that here in a little bit. Uh, You know, the biggest takeaway, you know, we learned a lot. It's a lot of work. Basically, I, I was working at our businesses. If anybody remembers, I own two convenience stores. So I work usually six days a week. That went down to about three days a week. And I was out knocking doors pretty much anywhere from five to six days a week, if not on nice weeks, seven days uh you know we my wife and i both on some occasions if one one we did have a, a new baby girl um over the campaign time span so she did put a uh, she has a as beautiful and wonderful she was it was a minor inconvenience when it came to the the, the campaign anyways <laughs> um you know but obviously it was, she's well worth it she's, she's best baby in the world anyways getting getting back into it so we we door knocked we we wrote letters we uh you know we tried to change things because of covid i had a plan uh before covid and we had to drastically changed those so you know we did letters we would knock doors events tons of events were getting canceled so your normal lincoln days and coolidge days that uh normal republican events would have because i ran on the public t- republican ticket in the primary mm. um you know we all canceled so you know trying to get your name out there for a first-time candidate was extremely difficult and so we had to switch it up and, and go grassroots and and just knock a bunch of doors um You know, we we had a lot of regrets. Uh, There was a lot of politics played, even though both both campaigns played it really clean. Um, You know, I I really just learned... How politics works uh, on the campaign side of things. Uh, obviously, as a hobby, it's all it's all nice to talk about, and and um, you know you could you could spread your opinion all you want. But when you start getting into the nitty gritty and trying to make changes at the legislator level, um, it's a whole new ball game. Mm-hmm. A whole new ball game. And I'd love to to, to get into that. Well, what sure.
2: at the state level in the state of Missouri, what kind of changes could you affect? As a state representative, I mean, what issues in the state could you go there as a representative and, you know, join a committee and, and vote toward and all of, you know, what kind of issues specifically?
0: Well, you know, I was going in there to, to make Missouri a more liberty minded state, um, you know, and, and in Missouri where it's a fairly conservative state. But, you know, I, I think as we discussed last time, I lean quite a bit more libertarian um than than most republicans so i i I think republicans have a tendency of once they get you know to preach conservative founding principles you know even some libertarianism but once they get into office uh they forget those and they start implementing uh bigger government in smaller ways and so my plan was to get in there and hopefully nullify some federal laws to get in there and uh at this point i was jokingly saying if i'd have been in there you know we might be uh i might have introduced a secession bill <laughs> to try to secede from the union, but that was kind of a joke, uh, but maybe serious at the same time. Um, but anyway, so, you know, some of the main things, gun laws, um, you know, which there is a SAPA legislation that's out there. It's been in there, you know, that's something that my opponent didn't sponsor. And that was one thing that I would have sponsored and, and you know, would have pushed. And basically that nullifies any federal second amendment uh, laws that Missouri deems as unconstitutional, mm. and, uh, and there are many of those in my opinion. So that was one thing that I would have tried to do. Um, you know, and like I said, taxes. Taxes is huge for me. Any 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 percentage of tax on any level of government to me is essentially an attack on a person's personal property. You earn an income, that is your income, and when the government takes it by gunpoint, because if you don't pay them, guess what? You're you're going to be held up by gunpoint eventually. They're coming to get They're you. They're coming to get you. So that was one of my big things: was taxes, uh, working on the budget, and um, you know, trying to get money allocated to places to where we could really reduce the the tax uh, base for Missouri, so we could lessen the tax burden on on American citizens and or Missouri citizens, excuse me. And so that was kind of the main things, the main issues that I was tackling.
2: So you mentioned. Income taxes. Do you feel like any taxes are fair? Like the ones I probably have the most problem with are personal property taxes. Definitely, you know, because I've, I I've, I
0: pushed that, and uh, that was actually a funny story. Is one of the biggest things that I argued with Republicans on on the campaign trail was the personal property tax. Um, I think it should be abolished. I think it's an abomination that it's even, um, especially in a conservative state like Missouri, that it's a thing. Right. And uh, it's. I think it's a key. Uh, you know, you hear the saying, when a government implements a program, it doesn't go away. Personal property tax is the perfect thing. It's been implemented, and even getting Republicans or conservatives on that mind frame that it is not only not necessary, but it is just downright unjustified, mm-hmm. that you you just can't get it into their brains.
2: So do you have any...
0: Income tax, same way too, by the way. Abolish income tax.
2: Yeah? Yep. Are there any taxes that are fair? I would be okay with consumption
0: taxes. Yeah. Um, you know, back in the day, uh, back before 1913, before there was a you know, federal income tax, it was mainly excise taxes. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'd be fine with consumption to sales taxes. Honestly, I understand we would government is so big right now. You would have to raise sales tax to an extreme. But you know what? If, if you're saving on income tax and you're not being taxed on your property um, and your per, you know your personal property that you supposedly own but it, yet you still have to give the government money for it uh, you know then that's that's a sacrifice i'm willing to take you know an increase in, in consumption tax if we can get you know knock those other two away
2: so the idea to my understanding and correct me if i'm wrong if you know but the idea behind personal property tax in the first place was because and this is a like a i don't know socialistic kind of philosophy if you ask me but if you were a landowner right so if you own this chunk of land and this land wasn't being used to, you know, perpetuate society in some way, shape, or form. You just owned it because you were like a, a land, you know, owner, uh, a baron, you know, of some kind. You just had this massive amounts of land that you just want to sit on. The government would tax that because it wasn't being used for something productive in yeah. order to, you know, benefit I'm, society. I believe but, that's where it started. But how did that end up, like, becoming the same thing for my truck? That I bought in 2007, and I'm still paying personal property taxes on it each and every year. Definition that doesn't make sense, right? And
0: and and you know, once the government gets their inch, they start taking that that mile, and and per definition, you know, by definition. So if you start having definitions of saying, oh, well, you know, your your land is personal property; it's not being used, so we need extra taxes to get it taxed. Uh, to get our extra tax base for for whatever we need to spend for roads or whatever, well, you know, next thing you know, actually, it looks like your truck is in the same category as your land, and you know, and kind of kind of like that situation. We've been
2: eyeing that boat you got over there. Yeah, let's right. uh, let's go ahead and throw a tax on that bad boy. Yep, yep. we right. need to we need to stripe yep. eight highway.
0: F- funny story, real quick. This doesn't doesn't necessarily pertain to anything, but it's just a funny about personal property. So when I first. Um, I bought like a, one of my first dirt bikes when I first started to get back into motocross, and as an adult, I bought my you know my first dirt bike. Dirt bike that I bought, uh, my wife turned that in to the assessor's office, and because uh, we did have the title and everything for it. Next thing I know, when I get my tax bill the next year it's showing a uh, you know CRF 250, I'm like Megan, what is what the heck is this? I didn't turn that in. Nobody turns their dirt bikes in to the, for personal property tax, and so then I was getting taxed on my dirt bike until I freaking sold it. So. Uh, yeah. So, so hopefully I didn't shout myself out there for other dirt bikes that I've owned, but it's, uh, but sorry, I didn't mean to go, go off on a rail there, but that when it comes to personal property tax, it's just an unjustified tax for me. And that was one of the biggest things for me is, is taxes. And that's even why I ran for alderman. If you guys remember, I was an alderman mm-hmm. before I was ran for state rep. Uh, it was because I thought the taxes in St. Genevieve were becoming excessive. Uh, well, they were before, but, you know, that I wanted to make a difference about it. Yeah, how much so. of a
1: process is that, though? If you would have got, like, any position that you were to get, what kind of a process is it to actually change that?
0: Uh, pain in the butt. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a big process. So, so trying to get government spending under control on any level is impossible. As long as they're not losing too much money, the governments are fine with it and the people are fine with it. It, it should start with the people. You know, the people need to start waking up and realizing, look, it's not okay that the government's taking your money. Uh, we just have to realize that uh, because if if the people aren't going to say, you can't have my money, then the government's just going to keep taking it. And obviously, we legally have to give it to them. Otherwise, you will be in prison eventually uh, or they will come for your personal assets, one of the two. Um, but until the people start going to their elected officials and doing it, uh, you know, demo- I guess, doing the diplomatic way and, and, and going through the right avenues of complaining... And, and voting in the right people who are against taxes, it's just not going to change. Um, and I've seen that in St. Genevieve. You know, I I made some cuts to the budget, and it was very hard. So the cuts that I proposed got cut by more than half, and it, it was not even like 1% of the budget. It was like 0.2% of the budget were the cuts that I put in there, and that got cut in more than half. And because... People just aren't willing to give up the spending and on the government level because of either they feel bad for the employees because there'd have to be cuts or, you know, and there's justify. I mean, I wouldn't say justify, but there's good reasons of why they're against cutting the spending. However, what they don't realize is in the end, it could be unnecessary and it's just taking away from the taxpayers' uh, personal property.
2: Don't you think that the reason why it's so hard to cut taxes in the first place, at least for the most part, is because they have that money already spent? Oh, it's like it, it's yeah. already earmarked for something years down the road. Yep. Like, especially if you get to the federal level, you're talking about 10 years down the road. They've already got this budget planned out. They've already got the money spent. Yep. It's like, no, you can't. It's already gone. Yep. So where are you going to cut it from?
0: It's not so bad on the on the locale level, like municipal, municipality-wise. I would say, you know, usually we're pretty year-to-year. Year. Now you have plans— planned out uh, like with our, our water department for instance about replacing things so yeah essentially they have the plan and if that tax base gets reduced then they're gonna have to make some drastic changes but the problem is they still have usually unnecessary spending in, in other areas mm-hmm. and some of those those um, you know high priority departments maybe they need that money and that's fine but that doesn't mean spending money on advertisement um, is necessary for a city, you know, that's, that's a hard no for me, you know, no city should be advertising to get people to come to town. Uh, regardless, yeah, it may bring more people in and they spend more money there, but you're, it's just the, the principle behind you're literally spending people, other people's money to bring people into town to increase more taxes. And, it Just that does doesn't sit well to me.
2: Yeah. Well, the people that are benefiting from that is the the business owners who are probably already friends with the government officials because kind of you know it's a yep. it's a network type yep. of situation. So, I mean, I get it. I get you want people to come to your town and spend money, especially if you've got a little bit of a, a little bit of an attraction type of town or, or a city. You know, you, is a big yeah Branson. I, like that. I mean, yeah. you want people to come to Branson, St. Louis, um, Springfield. But I saw uh, an advertisement the other day for Columbia, Missouri, and I'm thinking, why? You know, I, I like Columbia just fine. You got the Blue Note there. Of course, Mizzou is there, but it's not really some place where you you go just to have a night out yeah. unless you're going to the Blue Note to see yep. a show or something like that. Well, so kind, I, I found of, that weird. It's
1: kind of like even local towns around here where, where they just throw the word historic in front of it or yep. something, mm-hmm. and it's like, what? Why? Huh? <laughs> Why? People don't need to come. Why do they want to Historic come? Historic
0: Farmington downtown, like <laughs> Saint Genevieve, does have some taglines to hold on to because it is the oldest settlement on this side of the Mississippi. Um, however, you know, let's let's use that as an advertisement. Not, and, well, they do. But we don't need the city. Let's let's use the businesses to advertise for the city. We don't need the city spending taxpayer dollars exactly. uh, for the advertising. And, and that was always one of my arguments. And and then someone had argued back, basically like, well, we use grant money for the advertisement. And I'm like, okay, well, that's still taxpayer money. So yeah, yeah, it may not be the city's taxpayer money, but it, it's uh, coming from a tax base of some former fashion. So mm-hmm. and that just doesn't sit well with me. And like that's that's was the kind of stuff that I wanted to do at the start State level. And, um, you know, we, we just unfortunately weren't able to make it happen. The thing about local politics is it's very hard to persuade someone who's very well known or to persuade people away from someone that they, they deem a friend or is very well known. Mm-hmm. And so like in, in St. Genevieve where I'm from, I won, I won the County. Um, you know, he, he, he did better than I thought he'd do in St. Genevieve County. Uh, of course there, there are some more bigger government individuals in the County. We'll, we'll just say that, uh, that would support his type of policies. And then you know St Perryville where we essentially tied and I worked my butt end off over there, he had um, other politi- politically tied people that were pushing him. So uh, establishment type that, that were pushing him. So they were able to get um, quite a bit of support there and we ended up my hard work kind of tied off from from you know his negligence almost to the county, but he had people working for him. I call it the Holly effect. Uh, Josh Hawley, obviously, who ran for Senator in 2018 in the primary campaign hardly at all, but he had all the state legislators and all, all the establishment people campaigning for him, so he smoked everybody. So mm-hmm. that's that's what happened to me in Perryville. And then St. Francis County, where, where Mr. Wright's from, uh, I knew I was going to lose from the get-go of that county. Uh, it was just trying to do damage control over there, and I, I just think I didn't work hard enough in St. Francis County, which was on on me for sure. Okay. What, what
1: else could you have done?
0: Well, I think we could have focused a little bit harder in St. Francis County. Um, That's one thing we could have done. Uh, One thing that I was told I did wrong was I was too clean. I could have have been more negative, but, you know, that's just – if you guys both know me, Mm -hmm. that's just not me. Um, And and that was how I – if we were going after like a, a national politician or something maybe you know i can get dirty especially but you know sling i know some mud yeah sling some mud but i know i know dale you know i'm not going to do that it's it's uh he's never done anything but been nice to me so yeah. you know the whole goal was to get in there and run a clean race and uh we did that and he did that at, as well he didn't you know there were some some jabs here and there by both of us we had a debate um you know, that we did a, a on on the Internet. Well, I was on TV, too, but it was on like a Froggy 96 uh, in Farmington debate, Dotkins broadcast. And uh, oops, sorry, guys, pulled a colt there. Um, <laughs> Thanks, man. It's, um, anyways, we did a debate, threw some jabs here and there. And, and, you know, we did some a little bit in speeches here and there. But no, no, nothing bad.
2: Did you see any of the underbelly of politics, otherwise, though, was there anything that and you might Definitely. not be able to share specifics, but can you give us some general ideas about oh,
0: we'll we'll get some specifics that's for uh, okay, sure. let's
2: yeah. hear it then. What, what did you see when you were campaigning for state rep?
0: when they say it's hard for an incumbent to, or for a non- incumbent to beat an incumbent, it's not because the candidate. Usually there's a lot of times that you do have bad non-viable candidates running against incumbents that happens. That's happens more often than not, you know, probably 90% of the time. But when you get a viable candidate to run against an incumbent, like I believe I was, um, and actually I, I know I was obviously, cause we almost pulled it off. Um, you know, there are political ties that seem to get in the way. So when it comes to funding, politics, regardless of what people think, it's all about funding. And so in I I I was able the state rep level you usually need to raise anywhere from like twenty-five to fifty grand. Uh, we were able to raise COVID obviously happened this year. We were able to get about twenty one thousand dollars of grassroots money. That's no PAC money whatsoever. No political action committee money whatsoever. That is specific money coming from from people like us, you know, people that were struggling through COVID. Uh, you know, family members, friends, my my own money in there. Um, a couple fundraisers we raised we did here and there, selling shirts and stuff. Uh, Twenty one grand is what we raised. Um, my opponent, in the last month alone, in pack money, had seventeen thousand. So, you know, th- to put it in perspective, there, um, it- it's hard to compete with that. Can you
1: so, can you explain pack money real quick?
0: So, basically, you have these political action committees uh, that, that have, like, a lot, you know, there's different. You, you have your, your Missouri's Renter Association, your, uh, gosh, there's just so many. Uh, I can't think of any specific names off the top of my head because it's been a minute since I've looked at any reports. But they're, they're basically type of lobbyist kind of firms, if you will, that, that are trying to get things done. You know they're the ones that you see campaigning for different, you know, different people, and and basically they they fundraise and they get money from people uh, for specific issues, Uh, whether it's big government or the small government. You know, there's good and bad. It's along the entire political spectrum. There's there's PACs. Uh, You know, education's a big one that always brings, and unions always bring in a ton of money, Mm -hmm. Um, and and all that. Swung the other way and, and not in my favor, basically, but uh, though they will give money to candidates that they know will push their agenda, basically. Right. Gotcha.
2: So something like you know the unions are always really heavily backing Democratic candidates, yep. And that's because the issues that are going to be brought to the table for policymaking are going to support the the same. You know, they're going to support the unions basically. And a lot of those could be, you know, just anything from, from taxation to you know, labor laws, whatever the case may be, right? So this yep. money is pushed to this candidate in order for that candidate to go to the state uh, capital or to the federal capital and vote accordingly, right? Yep. If, yeah.
0: if they do not, they won't support that candidate. Right. And, you know, Pat, that, the money wasn't even it. So that's not even the only thing. So we'll, we'll take some, when it comes to the Republican Party, you got pro-life and you got guns, right? So you have the Missouri right to life association. And then you have the NRA, two of the bigger, you know, Republican bastion, you know, areas. Mm-hmm. So my opponent, was just one thing that we disagreed on when it came to the pro-life thing, you know, I was hundred percent pro-life. Um, uh, they passed the, the heartbeat bill back in 2018, which my opponent did vote for, but he publicly came out and stated that he wasn't necessarily pleased for voting for it. Um, he pretty much, he claims he wanted to make it better, and when he says make it better, and think regardless of your politics, we're talking from a pro-life standpoint here, mm-hmm. um, it, his, his way of making it better was getting rid of uh, certain mandates that are in it, so basically allowing exceptions for abortion. Well, someone who's 100% pro-life, uh, that's not making it better. That's the total opposite of making it better. Mm-hmm. It's against what the bill is supposed to be doing, but yet he voted for it anyways because he knew if he didn't vote for it, guess what? I probably would have won this election, so he he had to vote for it. Um, so even though he disagreed with it, so that was one thing publicly stated that all in newspapers, on the radio, um, even at the Missouri Right to Life banquet, that was said. I'm like, are you are you freaking kidding me? like there's people looking around in the crowd that's like, did he really just say that? Mm-hmm. And but yet, guess who got that in, uh, Missouri Right to Life endorsement? He did.
2: Well, do you suppose he's parsing his message because he's catering to so many different people? I mean, yeah, he's got that, I guess that's a pack money coming into him from the no, Right to Life organization.
0: No, I think that's what he actually believes. You uh, know. I know, actually, I believe that's what he believes, but that, that's, that's against what the Missouri Right to Life is for. I so, you. uh But the thing is, when it comes to Republicans, Missouri Right to Life is probably your number one endorsement you want. And yeah, I had a good survey. They didn't say I was a bad candidate. You know, that when they put out their their... Their newsletter and all that stuff. They they'd said uh, that you know I had a good survey, but since he voted for the one bill that they had pushed, mm-hmm. he voted yes on it even though he had negative comments against it. They still gave him uh, the the okay there. So that's one thing, and then we'll go into the NRA. So. Um, you know, Dale is actually fairly solid on, on guns. I'll give him that. He hasn't done anything bad against it. There hasn't really been any gun legislation, though, that he could have voted against. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he has had some, some comments out there. Um, you know, one of, one, or another, one of my big things was uh, trying, even if we couldn't get uh, SAPA done, which is the gun nullification I was talking about, I wanted to, to get the, the fee waived for, um, for silencers or um, suppressors. Uh, you know, something that we could do here and nullify that that fee in in Missouri, and uh, that was one thing that we disagreed on. And then uh, we we discussed actually at the last one if like background checks and stuff worked. Uh, he's in support of background checks and stuff like that as well. So you know, I'm on the more radical side of the Second Amendment, mm-hmm. whereas he's more moderate. But you know, that's fine. He's 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 great. Uh, well, I. Not as good as me, but he's not bad. He's not a Democrat (laughs) is what I'm getting at when it comes to the Second Amendment. So we disagreed there. I obviously aligned more with the NRA's um, views, point of views. But, I mean, with that being said, a lot of people argue that the NRA's reaching further across the aisle, such as wanting to ban bump stocks and stuff like that, uh, which I would also be hardcore against. But uh, either way, once again, same thing. I I would align more with their original views were not necessarily what they've started swaying towards, but their original views. But he got the endorsement anyways because he didn't technically do anything wrong. And they don't want to uh, piss piss off an incumbent, basically. Sure. What yeah. what, about, what
1: about taking that up to the bigger level? Aren't they talking about like taxing taxing you for every gun that you that you own or that's registered to you now?
0: Uh, I think there has been. Uh, Some Democratic candidates on the presidential trail that we're we're talking about that. Uh, They want to do, you know, persuade anybody from from buying guns, basically. Uh, What they're actually going to do is just get people to buy guns illegally. That's all that's going (laughs) to do. So, you know, they can can either make the problem worse or they can make the problem better by making it easier for people to access guns and, um, you know, go from there. So, I mean, I'm I'm necessarily I'm I'm usually against a registration uh type of of thing when it comes to guns because I don't necessarily want the government knowing what all guns I have. Um but, you know, I guess if I have to put up with a registration so I don't have to deal with with a bunch of taxes, which would already have registration anyways, I I guess I could live with that, but that's not necessarily ideal for me.
2: I I'd, I'd have to say that your viewpoints on guns is still pretty Pretty radical compared to most that of anybody that I talk to. Yep. Just in general, I mean, when you start breaking out silencers and suppressors and things like that, you know, a lot of people are going to ask why. You know, why do you need those things unless you're a hitman on a movie <laughs> and you're sneaking in at night and you know you're if it and here's here's
0: see that's exactly the problem is mo- I would say most of those people that question that don't even know what a silencer does. Mm-hmm. A silencer is not like what you see in James Bond. It's they're loud. It's still loud, but you know, you could probably get away with shooting without headphones at that point or, yeah. or earbuds. So, you know, if, if I go into a school with a silencer just to, to bring up an extreme scenario,
2: uh-huh. the
0: classroom next door or everybody in that school is still going to know I'm there. I got you. So they're, it's um, suppressors to me. They're being... Uh, badly portrayed for, for stuff that, you know, because of movies yeah. when in reality, they're just not that way. Most, they're mm-hmm. usually used for sport and for people to, to be able to, uh, whether it's for, you know, the, an extension on the barrel for a little bit of accuracy help or whether it's for, um, uh, which is its main thing is so people don't have to wear earbuds. And, and, uh, you know, I know someone personally who has lost, has had a loss of hearing, um, and, uh, for for shooting when he was younger and stuff like that, and and he he has a problem with like wearing certain earbuds and stuff like that, and and so it would help him out a little bit.
2: But. That's a that's a good point. Do they also help like if you're out deer hunting? I mean, do they have suppressors for deer rifles that that kind of quell the such the noise so it doesn't go from you know valley to valley and scare off all the other animals
0: so i'm not necessarily a hunter so i i couldn't technically answer okay. that but I, I i don't see why it wouldn't hurt you know it, it would obviously well, if they uh, don't it, they should exactly. that should be a thing it, it would it would mitigate uh you know from scaring off other animals or other 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 deer of course that that yeah. would allow you to, to maybe miss a shot but yet still have a shot at another uh another deer you right
2: know? but in all fairness now i do remember last episode Brian, you did say that you were in favor of citizens owning cannons and uh, gunships <laughs> as well. Yeah, it's, it's uh, pretty radical.
0: It's pretty crazy. I understand that. But, you know, to me, for even, even really conservatives and Republicans in general that argue that the Second Amendment was put there for us to be able to defend ourselves against tyranny. Mm-hmm. Well, how the hell are we supposed to defend ourselves with AR-15s against a freaking tank? Right. You know, mm-hmm. so, yeah, I got an AR-15. What's my single shot AR that that's good for about 200 yards gonna do against uh, you know a Navy SEAL that and obviously we're talking extreme crap here Mm -hmm. but uh, I'm just talking extreme scenarios and and the reasoning behind the reasoning behind the Second Amendment of what conservatives portray it to be and and at the same time yet they still implement legislation. Um, that, that will give the people a, a disadvantage against any tyranny that might actually happen. Right. So that that's just my mentality behind it. I'm just yeah. trying to stay principally consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, we need to, our, us more radicals need to fight, even the Republicans, to, to bring it back further to where, you know, the original Second Amendment was at because, or, or where the originalists think it should be, because the more that we give, It's just going to continue to get uh, those, 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 uh, those regulations are going to continue to grow. Mm -hmm. So we need to start fighting back instead of playing defense. It's time to go on the offense and and peel it back. Yeah.
1: Did did going through the state rep race change any of your mindset or change any of your beliefs in any certain areas or anything like that?
0: Uh, you know, that's hard to say. Honestly, I I would say it might've made me a little bit more radical in some sense because I, I guess that it, it opened my eyes in some areas that that governments it, I just didn't even think about uh you know I, I might have one thing I was I, I, beforehand was I was all about locales. give leave it to the localities leave it to the localities but then I, I I got into some discussions with some some uh you know more libertarian people that were actually pro state level over locales in the sense of because I was arguing against you know I, I I, w- I didn't want extra legislation coming down that was that was uh, you know inherently creating more more regulations for municipalities. So mm-hmm. what well, we got into the conversation are like, well, you know, let's look at this. Your municipalities have some of the highest tax uh, bases as far as tax percentage wise. Um, you know, they just keep voting in. It's, it's easier to get a smaller amount of people to vote yes on, on a tax basically. So what they have to do at the state level is, uh, basically have a legislation that says, look, municipalities can't go above this tax. So we'll take personal property, for instance. Uh, they cannot be above 1% of, you know, the the $100 or whatever it is, they, they have a cap on how much they can tax. Um, at, I was against that at first, and then I got to thinking, I'm like, well, you know, that's a good point. Because when you get some of these people on the municipality levels that just don't know what they're doing, they'll just tax to get the money. If they can't figure out ways to, to um, you know, figure it out, they'll just go ahead and just add an additional tax. I've seen that firsthand in St. Jen. That actually is something that I changed my mind on. Uh, because I used to say let's get state out of locale altogether let's not mix the two uh, locales do your thing state do your thing and then that kind of changed my mind a little bit that there is this ne- necessity on state regulations over locales to keep them in check so they aren't um, overbearing on on people's rights mm.
1: there's probably a lot of areas where not enough work is put in to find find that money somewhere else before taxing too right
0: yeah. Yeah, I would say that's safe. I mean, basically, when they allocate money there, uh, rather than trying to figure out other places to do it, they don't have quite the, you know, the same amount of resources as the state would, or larger uh, counties, Uh, they'll just go ahead and just add to the tax. And people have to vote it in, and they just continuously do. But um, the the thing is, when it comes to elections, is it's a lot easier to persuade a smaller amount of people to vote yes. You can make people feel bad. Oh well, you know, this is this park is for the children, so we need to get this done. Um, and and so people vote for it.
2: Well, it's especially true if it's the children where they play. Like if it's their children that play in this park, then it's yep. probably easier to persuade them to throw into that. That bucket, right, to to improve such things. That
0: happened very much, once again, in our county uh, with our community center, stuff like that, people with the water park and everything. Mm -hmm. Regardless of if the water park is successful or not in the end, that doesn't even matter to me. The whole point of it is you're going to raise our taxes so our children have a place to play. Right. And, and to me, that's not a justified reason to take people's money.
2: It's not a priority, right? No. Although it is a very nice water park. Oh, it's have awesome! You been there? I have not. Yeah. Oh, no, it's great. It's, it's very nice.
0: I'll get, I'll give them that, and uh, you know, it, it hasn't hit uh, its expect expectations yet because of COVID, right? Yeah, and it got a late start last year or the year that it was built. However. I'm pretty confident they'll be able to, to to meet those numbers, but it's just not the point. The point is and the community center in general in St. Genevieve, uh, although I love the people that run it, by the way, there's some of my friends that run it. And that doesn't mean we agree politically on this. Mm-hmm. It's just not a justified reason to take people's money.
2: Yeah, because not everybody is going to use that water park, right? Nope. nope. I mean, is there not a way where if you're going to use the water park, you throw into the, the pot and build it from there? I, I doubt it, but I mean, you're going to pay a, you, you pay a fee to get into it anyway, right? A, you, so,
0: yeah. I mean, even if you're a resident in St. John County, you're paying an annual fee. Right. The fee, by the way, you could live outside of St. John County, but a membership is going to be the same for someone who lives inside St. Jean County. Oh,
2: really? They don't have different membership prices for <laughs> no. county? Oh, wow. No, they don't. No, they don't. I mean, even St. Francis County yep. did better than that, right? Yeah. So.
0: That, you know, let's... That was always kind of funny to me and I understand there's probably not a whole lot of people coming from from outside of St. Jim County to it but there might be someone Maybe. especially with the water park the right. water park there definitely might be because it's it's right now it's definitely better than Farmington's so yeah. it's um you know there might be people coming from Farmington that want that annual membership uh and they'll benefit it just as much from someone who lives in St. John,
2: so who paid the taxes it, to have it built exactly right nice and, okay. yeah. so you talk a lot about a radical and there's a lot of things that are going on at the federal level that are considered pretty radical right now, including, I guess, what we're calling the Washington, D.C. riots, where people actually infiltrated the Capitol building. Um, and there are some that stick out in particular, like the guy who was wearing the uh, he was all in makeup. He looked like a barbarian of some type. The you oonga seen boonga boonga guy, guy uh-huh, bugga yeah. Bugga, whatever. Yeah. Uh, went in, I, I believe he was the one that was sitting at Nancy Pelosi's desk. No, he he was at the dais. Oh, he, that's right. That's yeah. right. That's right. There was another guy who has apparently since been arrested, who was at Nancy Pelosi's desk. He's from Florida, right? Is it? I don't. I, I don't so. remember. I can't remember all...
0: what his name is though. I, I don't. I don't recall that myself.
2: But uh, that a lot. A lot. I don't, I don't. I don't have a lot of information on this. Like I was talking about with Colt, I believe last week. I have not been. Like really clued into what's going on in politics and in the you know just in the national news like I had been for so long I just kind of had to eject for a while and I've I've since not re injected myself back into everything so I see snippets it's like and most of what I get like we spoke of is due to social media I'm not getting my news from there but I'm seeing memes or I'm seeing little snippets about someone's opinion about. You know, uh, whether it's uh, Mitch McConnell or, or talking about the the rioters going into the, the Capitol, whatever. And so I'll go over and I'll find a news source and I'll look at it. And that's where I get the actual news from. But social media is really the only thing that's cluing me in right now. So I don't have a whole lot of information on this. So hopefully you can kind of guide us along. But it's there's a lot to talk about still, though, even just yep. the idea of it. Yep. Because we have, you know, we've been experiencing in this in this country a lot of riots for what the past at least a year, it's probably been more than that, hasn't it? Probably the past several years, yeah. And since
0: basically t- since 2016, essentially, okay. Yeah.
2: But most of those, a, a great majority of those, have been on the other side of the aisle. It's been more of your your um, liberal BLM, BLM Antifa. Antifa type of uh, of groups that have you know perpetuated the the riots and have been taking all of the media from it, too. So now we have this on the other side. We have this, I guess they're right-wing Trump supporters is what I'm gathering, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Um, going to the Capitol and and marching in protest, and then at some point in time, I don't know how it was triggered, but they decided they were going to go into the Capitol building, and the Capitol went on lockdown, and you had old dude sitting with his feet up on the desk, (laughs) Nancy Pelosi's desk, which I thought was pretty hilarious. Look, I'm going to be, I want to stop you just real quick.
0: And, and you're going to hear me, you know, uh, condemn what they did here in just a minute, but I'm not going to lie. That is one of the most badass pictures I've ever seen. Right? But anyways, go
2: continue on. Well, so. and, and that's kind of what I was getting at. There was a lot of, you know, there was photo ops, you know, for this all to happen. One of the things, and I'm just kind of giving you my my overall just broad just brushstroke of all of this, um, because I'm seeing a lot from both, you know, the, the both sides of, of things. And I'm seeing a lot of condemnation from the right on this as well. They're like, hey, you shouldn't have done that. That was wrong. Whereas on the left, people are saying, you know, if that would have been us, we'd have gotten shot. Um, which that, that may or may not be true for some groups. I, I don't know. You know, it just it, there was a, there was also another picture on social media where I guess it was last year when it showed Washington, D.C. burning. Basically, it was on fire. I'd forgotten that happened. Yep. You know, something I'd forgotten that the Capitol was on fire. Same.
0: Well, there was a lot of stuff that's happened since then.
2: (laughs) I know. (laughs) It's
0: just funny how quickly you do forget something that substantial. You know. Yeah, that that was big. It was huge.
2: Um, but but that was happening. So there's just all this unrest that's been going on. At the end of it all, this seemed like it it ended up being pretty mild at the end because I mean Congress got back into session. Yep, and uh, finished, in their chambers, f- right, and finish yeah. their business with the uh, Joe Biden. Um, what, what were they doing? They were uh, bringing him into office. I forget the yeah. title. They, oh.
0: they were uh, certifying the the electors.
2: Okay, there you yeah. go, there you go. So that was happening. And so, not much. it went to not to minimize the loss of life. There was at least one person. Two up now. Up, was so, it two? so you
0: have um, a lady who was a Trump supporter that was shot. Okay, that was the 14 year vet that you probably Ashley Babbitt or something like that. And then um, there was an officer, a Capitol Police officer, that had died from his injuries.
2: Wow. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, we definitely don't want to minimize that. No, because those you know, any loss of life is a terrible thing. But when it first started going down. I thought, man, this, this is getting pretty heavy. I thought maybe they were actually going to go in and topple the White House or something next or, you know, take, really take shit over. And it just didn't turn out that way, which is good, but still a lot of condemnation coming, of course, from both sides, especially from the left. But even the right saying, you yeah, know, that wasn't that wasn't OK. You know, yeah. this isn't. And I'm glad because they weren't going for a tit for tat. Well, but some people do. Some people on social media are saying, well, you, you all have rioted, you know, how many times, yada, yada. So I think we've got this one coming. Yeah, you know, you got to yeah. take a stand somewhere. So Well, I, I think
0: um, there are some differences between the two riots. And I think we can get back into or get into that here in a little bit. I just want to kind of preface the situation. The, you know, the reason why we mainly reason why we bring this up is because I actually went. Yes. I went to D.C. and I am not the biggest Trump supporter. I think he's been a pretty good president. Um, especially in foreign policy, I never in a million years imagined myself agreeing with the way Trump's handled on foreign policy, you know, bringing troops home. A more non-interventionist type of policy is the way he is handled, um or the way he's went. And, you know, that's, that's my, that's my kind of foreign policy. So he's been great on that. And overall, I think Trump's been a pretty good president in, in my, you know, opinion. I think he's an a-hole and I think he's just not a great person. And there's a lot of people um, on, on the right that just worship him. And, and um, I don't necessarily agree with those people, but the, the reason why I went down there and, and there was a group of us from our area that went down, there. there's about 170 of us, three bus loads full uh, there was only one seat empty, and that was the guy who coordinated it, thought he deserved two seats. And I agree, he did, because it was a freaking pain in the butt for him. He worked his butt off to get it done. Uh, but we went down to D.C. to protest the steal, essentially. And my personal reason, the main reason why I was going down there, two reasons. First, I thought this was going to be a once-a-lifetime opportunity. Um, you know, I, a rally of this sort, I knew there was going to be thousands upon thousands of people and I wanted to make sure I was there to support, you know, our peers from our area because I'm friends with a lot of these people and, uh, you know, just make sure they needed help, needed a young body. And then number two, politically, the reason why I wanted to go was mainly to protest the, the election, not because I thought it was going to be able to be overturned. Um, but because I thought there was a lot of, I, am one of those who thinks there was a lot of fraud in the mail-in voting. And, um, I just think it wasn't looked into enough, I guess would be a good way to put it. So I, I wanted to go down there and join my peers and, and, you know, I guess support the president in in a, in a way, because I do think, I don't think it had probably ever been enough to persuade him, but I think there's been some fishy stuff that needed to be looked into more that government, you know, the government just kind of slid over and said, eh. Oh, well, we didn't do nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what you're talking about. You know, so that that was my main reasons of going. Um, you know, so we, we, we basically we rode down there 14, 15 hour trip or whatever down there. We got we got there the morning of about 9 a.m. We met with uh, actually our congressman, Jason Smith, for our area. He met us at the World War II uh, Memorial Mon- Monument there at the uh, on the grounds around the Capitol uh, near the mall or maybe even at the mall. I don't know if that's still considered that area yet. But, uh, and, you know, he gave us a speech and, you know, about, you know, thanked us for coming and and uh, vowed his support. And, and he was you know still going to object and stuff like that to the election. And uh, it was a pretty cool moment. Uh, you know, we met up with there was a Missouri representative. I don't know if you guys seen that on Facebook. Uh, Justin Hill. He is uh, one of your more radical representatives. Uh, he was there. He's been making a ton of headlines that have just been slandering him and 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 just making up a bunch of lies about him actually most of them apologized at this point but he was there so it was cool to see him there he actually sk- skipped the swearing in so he could come down and and you know r- to this rally and uh just forewarning you know or foreground he did not take place in any riots or storm the Capitol building. Well, I can I, vouch for I, I, him on I'm that. I'm disappointed in that. Though. that was, <laughs> I, I thought you were going to say this is a really radical it, dude. You know, there, was, there was a delegate at, I think, West Virginia that did, though, and, and recorded himself going in. I'm sure you've probably seen that. Um, that was that was pretty crazy of, of him who, to do that. Um, but, you know, after that, they had a rally around the Washington Monument. Um, Trump held a speech at the White House, had several thousands of people there, uh, we, we wanted to go to the rally at the Washington Monument cause we knew there's no way we we're getting in the white house. We had all of our crap and stuff with us. So, uh, we went to, there was just so many people. I mean, you, you can't even guess. I mean, you see like 20 and 30,000, there had to be more people than that. I've been to a rally in DC with confirmed 300,000 people. There was just as many people there at this rally than there was at the one I was, that was confirmed at so i'm personally guessing anywhere from 250 to 300 thousand people that were at this thing if not more i mean there could have been half a million
2: what was the energy like there with the people i mean very patriotic i mean was it like did it feel pretty souped up like was it i mean the energy level was high i guess and in because i'm imagining like a good concert like you go to riverport or whatever it's called now um you know what I'm saying? Do you really just call it Riverport? I always call it Riverport. <laughs> <I can't, laughs> an amphitheater? Yeah, yeah Hol- Hollywood the, uh, Casino. Hollywood Casino, okay. And, and before the show, you're in this group of people, and you're waiting to see the concert, you're waiting to see the show. I've never been to a political rally, so I'm kind of mm-hmm. asking for a, asking to frame it for me, give me some insight into what that's like. But just uh, imagining the energy there, you know, you have this anticipation that you're going to hear this good band, and everybody likes this band. It's kind of the same thing for a political rally. Is that what you're feeling there? Well, what,
1: do you, what are you anticipating for? In the in
0: this scenario,
2: well, speeches and, just, and
1: okay. things like
2: that. I guess yeah, I
0: would say I would say that's a pretty safe bet. Actually, I mean, the people were pretty; they were just excited to be there. They they're excited to show their support behind the president, mm. and uh, that's why most of them went. Uh, they obviously think, uh, they they thought that this thing could have been overturned, uh, and so they were there. I think the more extremists that that did this were were assuming it was going to be overturned, and they thought this thing was 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 completely stolen and. Um, but I would say the majority of the people that were there were just hyped up. They went, that, especially when the, the president got on the mic and, and was speaking, mm. uh, which was over like video from where we were at. It was being video fed and through speakers and stuff like that. And the people the whole time just chanting, you chanting USA, USA, uh, stop the steal. And, you know, just, just. Peaceful, honestly. The people, by the way, they from everywhere that I was around. Were so nice, everybody was super friendly, talking to everybody, and and it was, it was just a good vibe. Okay. It really was. Um, and and after the the speech was, we kind of left early. We were kind of we knew that there was going to be a march to the Capitol, so uh, we we kind of left early to get over there. A lot of our members who were actually like seventy plus uh, that were with us. What were real cold. It was freezing. So to get the legs moving and warm, we decided to go ahead and start towards the Capitol. So we left before the speech was ever even over, and we took off towards the Capitol. And, uh, you know, at that point, I think what the people were more angry about was the fact that there was only like two bathrooms there. There is no <laughs> porta-potties to be found. And that was on done on purpose, by the way. The D.C. mayor uh, made sure to make things inconvenient for the crowd to try to persuade people from coming. And uh, I jokingly say that's why people were so pissed off because they all had to use, you know, go to the bathroom. That's why they stormed the Capitol because they needed to use the restroom. (laughs) So um, because I was one of those. And and I'll get to that, you know, here here in a second. But as we walked up to the Capitol, you know, we basically met no opposition whatsoever. At that point, all the barricades were already all gone. Uh, I seen like two that I seen people move. And that's about it. Just like two, not not two lined barricades, but just two, two. parts of barricades <laughs> wow. moved. Uh, once we got to that point, so we were, you know, we were maybe 100 yards from the from the Capitol. And I had to go to the bathroom so dang bad. So I seen some porta-potties over there, which by the way, uh, like I said, there was two. Long line already. And I was like, I can't hold anymore, so I'm going that way. So I went to go to the bathroom. And as we're sitting in the bathroom... You know, everybody's in there and we're just talking and we're there. There's Congress is in there doing their thing. They're supposed to be objecting and then accounting. And uh, then it started a lot of people started getting like notifications saying that Pence was going to say no. Like he he wasn't going if 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 Congress didn't come up with uh, the votes to over overturn the election, then Pence was going to let it go, which, by the way, is what he should have done. Um, you know, he had no constitutional authority to overturn this election. I keep trying to tell people that and explain people that. That's a misconception. I know the president says he had the power, but he didn't. He does not, you know, President or Vice President Pence did not have the power to overturn this election. Even if he did, why would we want that? We wouldn't want that, but it's not a thing. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, So anyways, people started throwing out some pretty heinous comments, honestly, after that happened, calling him a traitor. um, You know, saying that you know, he needs to go, He, you know, blah, blah, blah. I never heard death threats, by the way, because I know that's being thrown out there. Uh, I personally never heard that. But there was definitely people calling him traitor and was super upset with, with uh, the vice president uh, and, and him just doing his constitutional duty. But, you know, as we're sitting in line, you start hearing rumors. Uh, at this point, they had already breached the Capitol, but I had no clue. None of us had any clue that they had gotten into the Capitol building. Uh, as I said, we walked up, the group that I was in who, you know, walked up without me, I ended up meeting them at the at the base of the Capitol, and they just walked right up. Like, it was nothing. You know, there was no barricades. There was no—I I didn't see any police officers until what I believe was after the, the lady got shot. I think that's when the police officers started going. You know, when they started shooting tear gas um, at people from where I was at, we just thought it was— um, like the cannons you would have at baseball games or football games that celebra- celebratory cannons just shooting off fireworks or something like we honestly thought it was the organizers shooting off fireworks and stuff like that to get to people, you know, cheering and riled up because that's what it was. Again, you know, they were there to protest the 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 election. And uh, next thing you know, by the way, all the smoke pictures you're seeing, there was not that much smoke. There, A lot of that stuff's got to be doctored. But next thing you know, we started hearing from people that, that that's tear gas that are shooting out at people and, and shooting out rubber bullets and kind of like uh, rubber bullet bombs or grenades or whatever you, you call it. Um, so all this is kind of being fed through like either per the phone or through kind of like a telephone type of thing running down the line. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, we heard about the lady who got taken out on a stretcher. Uh, there was rumors of her being shot rumors of her getting pushed off scaffolding because there was scaffolding up there for the inauguration. Uh, people took that over, uh, which was actually uh, when we first got there, there was nobody on that scaffolding. But like you started seeing one person going up there and two people going up there. And next thing you know, uh, people everywhere. And, but still with all this going on, we didn't know about the stuff in the Capitol. There's USA chance national anthem being sung people singing the the proud to be american song um that that kind of came out after 9 11 I'm escaping me right now just patriotism is what i'm getting at mm-hmm. and still pe- never once did you know we feel at harm you never knew never felt like we were going to be in harm's way the the group some of our group experienced some tear gas from the wind blowing over and getting kind of in their mouth and, and lungs but you know it just it's not as it was never as bad as what the media is hyping it up to be there's definitely some things that went down uh, that I definitely do not condone. You know, obviously, I condemn that. We'd, we we could have went to the Capitol building if we wanted to. We could have got up on the on the, the scaffolding. There was some of people in our group that did go up on the scaffolding to wave flags, and you know it, it was I guess empowering for them and stuff. But and to me that was fine. You know they were never going into the building. There was thousands upon thousands of people on these scaffoldings. So, and it was actually pretty cool because when they got up on the bench side of the scaffolding where I guess like Congress and stuff would be sitting during the inauguration, uh, they they rolled out this giant flag up there. And it was a pretty cool, like patriotic moment. And that's when people started singing the national anthem. And and that was just awesome. And then they brought out like a We the People flag and stuff like that. And, and during this whole thing at this point, I still am thinking like this is a part of the show. I'm like, man, this is... This is awesome because this is what the people are putting on. And come to find out, you know, it's just people overtaking the Capitol. (laughs) um, But the number one thing, though, is I I really honestly believe that the media is just blowing this thing way out of proportion.
2: Don't you think the media always does, though? Like on both sides? It makes me second
0: guess about the Black Lives Matter riots. It really does. Yeah. Because I just... I know what I saw, and what I saw was peaceful. I seen prayer circles, like people praying for the president and the country. Mm. You know, those people aren't going to go in and take over the free. No, no, I didn't see anybody armed. There was no one armed. Uh, they had, like, their helmets and stuff, obviously, you see, and flagpoles that you see busting out the windows and stuff. Mm. But, you know, a window... Here's the difference between, you know, we'll say the BLM riots and, and then these these quote unquote riots here is those riots were taking on private businesses, burning private businesses, burning private property. At least these were just busting out windows that, you know, we're gonna pay for. You know what? You just take my money. You know, I, I, I'm against taxes, but I will pay for one of the one or two of those windows that they broke last Wednesday. Just to show you just, how serious I am it, right now. It, exactly. I,
2: you know, I thought that same thing, which I don't know, you know, I don't I don't disparage anything or anyone Where I'm not there, you know, and where I'm not a part of it, so I don't have any firsthand knowledge. But one of the first things I thought of was that this was a direct protest to the people who actually deserve it, if anybody deserves it, right? Instead of a mom-and-pop shop somewhere on Main Street, this is going to the people and I thought the same thing with I think it was a I don't know I I can't you've got to be careful in my opinion or I've been told this in in uh, different circles but you got to be careful about attaching BLM to just anything that happened out there yep. with the riots because there were these external people who just come in and like kind of join the crowd but during all of those those riots that were going on the and what whatever was happening um There was, I think it was up here, maybe even, I don't want to say the exact city because I don't remember, but somewhere in the St. Louis area where they did go when they took over the police station. I thought the exact same thing. I thought, well, if if you're mad at the police, go to the police station, take that over, break their windows, you know, which I'm not condoning once again, but it just makes more sense to me that that's a natural reaction to go to the source of your anger and not just let it, you know, just pour out all over your own community especially but anybody's community because these these people didn't they they took no part in that i thought the um the wall street thing what was that occupy Occupy, yeah i thought the occupy was pretty pertinent as well because they went to where all the money's going of everybody with their suits and ties it's screwing the little people that's that's the source that's where you want to go to stir some shit yep right so uh, i thought that about this washington dc thing too when it was still first coming out it was all happening and the news was kind of pouring in they're like you know of course the media is dramatizing to the fullest extent catastrophizing every little thing that's happening but then you find out you know a, a lady died um so on and so forth windows were getting broken i guess um but i i still thought well at least whatever's going on right now at least they're going to the source at least you know go yeah. go there and, and display and I thought the your anger thing. there
0: and, and that's why i don't feel bad i know even like a lot of People on the right talking about the guy at Nancy Pelosi's desk, and stuff. I don't feel bad for for that particular part whatsoever.
2: Um, that was hilarious. I think it's hilarious. Like and if you had the chance, I, would you have, in hindsight, gone into in her, her that's office? That's probably and- the
0: first place I would. There would have <laughs> been two. Either I, I told myself if I would have actually went in, there's two places I probably would have went to: our congressman to probably defend his door, and make sure nobody was knocking and knocking down that, or Nancy Pelosi's desk uh-huh. because I I just there's nothing. I know he broke there's many people that broke the law and I know I, I probably would have actually never done it cause I didn't have, I wouldn't have going to do that. Right. But um, there's just something about it that I just have to have the respect for, for the guy for doing it. And um, you know, I, I do believe it does make me think you're talking about outsiders coming to the riots. I do believe there might've been a few there, but I would say uh, cause a lot of people saying there's BLM people in there. I do yeah. think there was one confirmed, uh BLM or Antifa guy up in the crowd I believe I've seen that of course this was a social media thing so who knows right. um but you know a lot, lot of the QAnon people I don't know if you know much about about them but I know, a, know they're a little yeah they're they're more of the crazies of the guy with the horns you know he he was a QAnon guy and stuff like that so okay. they they're your more radical people but I would say there could have been a lot more people inside that Capitol than there was. Mm-hmm. So at some point, so there was people some stopped. restraint. Yeah, some at some point, some people stopped because they realized, hey, we're not stupid. We're not going to break federal law and and go into you know a building and break windows.
2: It wasn't that kind of a party. It it it, it proved itself not to be that yep. kind of a party. Like when this was all first hitting on on your social media and then the news. When I went to check it out, I thought it was in fact that kind of a party. I thought yep. they're they're going they're going to take it over, and. That was kind of exciting and scary all at the same time. Yep. And on six, I don't agree or, or disagree with anything. I didn't know anything about it, to be honest with you. I didn't even know there was a rally happening. Mm-hmm. So that's how out of touch I am with politics right now. Um, so I, I didn't have any opinion, nor do I really have any opinion on, on what was going on. Um, but that just that just that excitement that wow, this is like could be this insurrection in the in the in the capital right you, now. That's just crazy.
1: Do you think security was somewhat told to stand down somewhat yep. just because if. If they would have done what they could have done to keep these people out, it would have looked a lot worse in there the been media a lot of than it actually did. Dead. Yeah, yeah, for
0: sure. Well, and to answer that, yes, and I, I want to s- kind of scooch back a little bit, and then I'll go go a little forward with that. So, th- you see the pictures of all of the people on the steps, and it makes it look like you know the people just dominated and took over this capital. As I was saying before, there was no restrictive barriers when we got up there. So, I would, I, would be, I would bet a lot of money on 99% of those people that were on the Capitol Steps and on those balconies. Probably, maybe not the, the balcony, maybe not the scaffolding. Uh, to me, that seemed a little bit obvious that that shouldn't have been on. Yeah. But, you know, the people probably just assumed, because there was no barricades, that we could walk right up there. So, there was just all these people on the, on the, on the steps because there was no restraint. And I understand the first people that got over there probably pushed pushed those restraints back, but you you can't categorize everybody as taking over the Capitol because there's all these million or thousands of people's you know twenty thousand people on the steps of the Capitol. That's just not the case. They just walked right up there because we thought we could because there was no restraints there. And, um, so that was kind of the case there. And, and to answer your question, Colt, uh, yeah, I, I, they were definitely told to stand down. I've seen videos of when they're, you know, when they get to the Capitol building and like the dome room or whatever, there's a line of, um, officers, maybe like 10, 15 officers across stopping the people from going forward. There's hundreds of people walking towards them. They could have just pushed right through those officers. But what'd they do? They stopped. There was some bad ones yelling at the officers, calling them traitors, you know, let us through. We don't want to hurt you, blah, 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 blah. Uh, But then you had others um, shouting those people down, basically, like, dude, these are, these are part of us they're they're on our side they're just doing their job back off and then they don't those that big old crowd doesn't move forward until the officers move back a superior officer came and told them you know let the people through and that's when they you know started going so the the funny thing about this is i think one of the reasons there was hardly any Capitol police from what i seen from the outside i hardly seen any i didn't see any until there was the lady shot that's what I think. They kind of brought in some backup. I seen twenty or thirty of them walk from uh, my. They passed the bathroom line. Funny enough, uh, while I was in line at bathroom, uh, you know, to go to inside the Capitol through a side door. And the, the thing about it is, I believe during, uh, of course, this this was from a Ben Shapiro podcast that I learned this from. So. Uh, you know, if you trust him or not, you know. Take, I, I I believe it to be true. He said one of the main reasons why the the capital force was much less is during the 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 Black Lives Matter riots and, and other riots, capital police apparently were uh, a little bit too rough on the on the protesters, so they scaled back the amount of police that was there. And uh, just in general at the Capitol. And so that's why there was less uh, force there than what there should have been. Mm. And uh, so, like I said, that that was on one of Ben Shapiro's podcast. Um, I'm probably paraphrasing that pretty poorly, but I like to, you know, I, I would assume what he's saying is true. So,
2: well, one of the reasons, and you kind of alluded to this earlier, but one of the reasons why I'm so apathetic nowadays about politics and, and just about current events, which I am going to re-engage at some point in time, at least to a degree. I'm just gonna slowly do it so I don't get sucked into the madness uh, in in a way that it diminishes my quality of life because I think that's what happens to a lot of people. They just get sucked into the chaos and you become uh, hyper one way or the other, left or right, you know, super partisan, whatever, and it just it really sucks the life out of a lot of people. I, I just don't want that to happen. But at any rate, I've become apathetic because I've I've realized that the media portrays whatever it is the media wants to portray. So they can take this little snippet of something that happened and they can put context behind that yep. and portray that as something that is totally either opposite of what was happening or just something that's skewed, something I have... that it's just crazy. So I come to the points where I don't know what to believe. Some people believe this guy over that guy, but I'm like, why? Why do you believe either one of them? Yep. How can you? How can you tell? I have I the tell. perfect
0: example of that. That specific, and I didn't mean to cut in, but no, it's just okay. it's so good to what you're saying. So we'll take the guy who who uh, I'm not going to name him, but the guy who put this together um, had some. The, what he knows a lady that works at Fox 2. They reached out to him afterwards and did an interview over Zoom on the bus ride on the way back. And, you know, he's talking about, you know, what how, how, about the crowd and, you know, what we've seen and similar to what I'm saying is it was 99.9% patriotic and, and you know, just not as bad as what you're probably going to see in the media. And he's saying that and they didn't cut any of that out. But towards the end, he asked if any of our, our crew got tear gassed or any of that stuff. And he'd said, well, you know, not really, but there was an, the wind kind of blew in our direction. And, uh, you know, a lot of our, some of our members, including my not me, but he was talking, including himself, mm-hmm. uh, you know, did taste the tear gas and, and did get it in their uh, face and nose and it was burning a little bit. And they had asked him what it tasted like or, or, um, or I can't remember the specific question, but basically his response was, well, it tastes like freedom. And you want to know what they put behind that? A guy laying on the ground that had just been maced with a flag around him. So making it look like, you know, first of all, that it was a part of our group. And second of all, that's what freedom tastes like is is being, you know, so the context of what he said made it sound a lot worse and a lot radical, a lot more radical mm-hmm. than what it actually was. And, you know, they posted a picture of, of him on the wall holding up a Missouri flag, which is actually a flag that, you know, was at one time at Jeff City. hung over the Capitol, Jeff City anyways, that we had with us that he was able to get his hands on. And, you know, with a bunch of people in the background on the scaffolding. And, you know, it was a cool picture, but it just made it look like, you know, we were doing things that we shouldn't have been doing. And that's just not the case of 99.9% of the people there. It's amazing
1: how they ask the questions that no matter what your answer, they know that no matter what your answer is, they can turn it whichever way they want to do it to, to make it, you know, go with their agenda, whatever well, they're wanting to do.
0: Because of this interview, when we got, uh, we had security at at one of the stopping points uh, there on on pickup and drop off, and or at least at the St. Louis pickup drop off point, and they had warned us that media was there, and because of that, we strategically told everybody, you know, you can if you want, we're not going to stop anybody from doing it, but it's probably best that you just don't talk to the media because you're just they're just going to splice anything that you say Mm -hmm. right and uh you know it's pretty it's just crazy you you hear about it and you know what happens but when you see it firsthand and i was sitting in the seat right in front of him so i know i know exactly what he said and they didn't splice any of that but it's just you know the way that they make it look and splice it it's just wrong it's it's not of course bringing in the ratings and that's what they're there to do ratings and sponsor. but it's just not It's just not right. And it it portrays things to make it look a lot worse than what it actually was. And unless you were actually there and you've seen, you know, 99.9%, I'm going to keep bringing that up because that's what I saw. I saw patriotism. I saw, like I said, I was there for a guy that I, you know, didn't even vote for in 2016. I voted for him this time, but, you know, that just – I just have to make sure that I'm out here preaching to to the, the the people out here that just don't believe what you're seeing on TV because this thing was not as bad as what uh, you're seeing. Like you said at the very beginning, it was very mediocre. You know, you walk away, there wasn't vandalism all in the Capitol. You know, there were some things taken, uh, you know, windows broken, but there's not spray paint everywhere. You know, not everything was ramsacked. Um, honestly, by six o'clock, almost everybody was gone. You know, they they laid out the the. Uh, this this is to tell you how how law how how bad these lawbreakers were. But they they laid out a curfew of six o'clock for Washington D.C. That everybody got on their phone. Six o'clock, almost everybody was gone. So so yeah, we have to go in and storm the Capitol, so break we, the law we have, that we way. have until six yeah, o'clock. We have until six to o'clock to do what we need to do. Yeah, that's <laughs> exactly it, get right. it done now. That's exactly right. That's hilarious. You know, no fires. You know, they're and. There's people that tackled media and broke cameras, and, and I get it. I know they're frustrated. I mean, let, let's talk a about why this happened in the first place. These people are, you know, they're called deplorables. They're called white nationalists. They're called racists. By the way, tons of minority people there. Tons of minority people there. I talked to, to so many black people, it's not even funny. It, it, just tons of all Trump supporters. Trump hats, Trump shirts, you know one, one lady in a wheelchair with one leg, Trump geared, Trump geared, black lady, Trump geared, tons of um, you know, Asians, a lot of uh, Chinese uh, people there that were there protesting the, the Chinese Communist Party and stuff like that, all there. And it was just it was honestly awesome. And I did not go down there thinking it was going to be and it, and it was. Uh, and, but you got these people that have been called white nationalists. And and you know just getting spit on by the media and by you know the the Democrat um, uh, Congress people, which Republicans do too on the other side. Fair game, like you said. Um, but you know they're just getting spat on for the last four years, and most of it's not true. And and you know they they finally said screw it. You know you got the the BLM side being held up as martyrs and celebrated for burning down cities. So. You know, I don't condone what they did, but honestly, I'd be lying if I said I didn't understand it because I do. I understand why they did it.
2: You understand I, the frustration. I understand you mean? the
0: frustration.
2: Some of the motivation behind, yeah, yeah. And I think and
0: I'm not even necessarily on that team one way or another, and I, or at least not to the fullest, anyways. I, th- I
2: think your your perspective on that, though, it also speaks to a lot of people who on the other side, like with the other the, the leftist movements they maybe have that same sentiment, you know, they, they, they understand the frustration behind it, even if they're not taking part in it. And so I just wonder if this is an even, like if this is this portrayal of the frustrated part of this society is, can be connected to the other side, if we can find some common ground, or if it's just going to be more divisive, you know what I'm saying? Does it, does it show any of us that, we're frustrated about different things, but we're all frustrated. Let's, let's try to come to some kind of a common solution instead of continuing to battle each other out, because I know we're always going to have difference in politics. I mean, just hearing you talk, I don't agree with necessarily everyone, everything that you, um, that you lean toward politically, you know. It's the
0: tanks, huh? It's not the <laughs> tanks. No, I, I'm
2: down with the tanks. I'm down with the airships. I, I've just I'm been down s- with the cannons. I've
1: just been sitting here thinking a cannon would look really good in my front yard. Uh, right? Yeah, I'm just saying, especially <laughs> the new one. Yeah, the new front yard. Yeah, yeah one that works too. Like I yeah, want I sure. want to
2: fire off some rounds. I put a gunship down in my creek too. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> But um, but I don't agree with all of your politics, but I can still sit here and we can have a good conversation about it. And I would like to see that spread. I would yep. just like the conversation to spread. And right now you can't because there's so much vitriol. There's so much determination in taking the other guy out. It's not about whether or not we disagree. It's, it's I hate you. I That's hate exactly you because right. of your politics. Oh, I lost,
0: I lost multiple friends for going down there.
2: Yeah. Deleted
0: as soon as my my you know my wife was on 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 Facebook obviously defending especially the people from our area who by the way are getting death threats and uh, you know being called by both parties you know basically just you know, everything in the book and uh once once these people found out that I had went down there um they deleted me right yeah. away. And how, how can
1: I'm sure you've thought about this, but did, could you going there and people knowing you went there affect anything in the future for you that you run for?
0: Uh, I mean, maybe, but that's fine. If it does, it is what it is. You know, there, I, I've been an outspoken critic of the president, and I've been an outspoken supporter of the president. It I call it as I see it. You know, like I said, I, I lean small government, uh, no tax, you know, less taxes, anyways, and and in times that you know. He's, he's done things I disagree with. I'm very clear on Facebook to point it out. and uh, I did that on the campaign trail when I was campaigning. Uh, but on things that he did that were good, like foreign policy and and some tax cuts and stuff like that. I, I, you know I, I thanked him for that. So um, I'm, I'm one I don't like to call myself moderate because usually when when people say moderate, they put you in the middle. Mm-hmm. but because I, I find myself in my opinion much further right than than you know a lot of Republicans. And, but I mean, that's kind of where I'm at. You're still objective
2: though. I I think that's what you're, what you're getting at. In in my opinion, it's, you are Republican, you are right, but you're also still objective just because Trump is the Republican president doesn't mean that you agree with every single thing that he says or does. And I think that's what happens with a lot of people. They, that's what I mean by hyper-partisanship. They don't just like support the person who's on their side of the aisle they throw everything at that person. It's like they, they idolize that person. And when you, when you feel like that person can do no wrong, that's, you've lost your objectivity. And that's where you've lost, like you've lost me. Not it, that, not that you necessarily you know, that you care that you lost me, but you lost me. You it, know. And
0: that's why I say, you know, this shouldn't even be a problem. The presidency should, should matter so little that it shouldn't matter who's there. And, and, you know whether it's through executive order or just the the, the power that the executive branch has got you know, has has succumbed mainly because Congress has given it to them. That's a problem, and you see that on state levels too. But you know most of this wouldn't even be an issue if government was so small that it didn't matter, especially on the federal level. Mm. You know, and you may see this on the state level, but you know that's fine. Um, you know, you're not seeing this at the national level to where you have national security, basically, you know, with, with Pelosi's laptop being taken and, you know, stuff like that, you know, up at risk. Um, so, you know, like I said, one of, one of the biggest issues of this in the first place is, you know, government's just so big that, you know, the, the right thinks that if the left is in power, that the, the, um, that the country's gone.
2: Mm-hmm. And then the,
0: the left thinks when the right is in power, that the country's gone. Mm-hmm. And and really what it should matter is it doesn't matter who's in power. Um, the people have their rights and their natural rights. And uh, we shouldn't be getting those trampled on at any given time.
2: Don't let the government tell you otherwise, e- right? Exactly. and Because they do and they will.
0: Oh, 100%. Yeah. I had something here. You know, I just wanted to make sure I kind of set everything there. Because the key is... You know, what's going to be next at this point? Um, I, I was one of the few that went down there, but, you know, not believing what the president said in regards to, you know, I, I knew Pence wasn't going to be able to overturn this thing. I knew the likelihood of, you know, even with Congress having objectors, um, that it wasn't going to be overturned because even with it being an object- both the House and the Senate were going to have to have a majority vote to object this thing. And then with the House having the majority Democrats, it just wasn't going to happen. So I knew going down there that this election wasn't going to be overturned. Mm-hmm. I knew it was done. Uh, like I said before, I was going down there to protest that there was fraud, and I don't think it was well taken care of. And And, you know, Ted Cruz... Um, you know, the reason he objected is he wanted to see like a, a committee be put together of, of actual senators, uh, five and five on Democrats and Republicans and, and, and really do an investigation, an emergency audit on this thing. So that was that was why I kind of went down there. And so I, I just I, I wonder what's next. You know, are we going to see more of this? Because if so, things are going to hit the fan pretty darn quick. Listen, there are people
2: who still, according to their social media posts, staunchly believe that Trump's not done yet, that he is going to take office once again in 2021. And they have written these big, long diatribes of, of you know, certain bullet points. And they believe this is why this is going to happen. And this is what's wrong with the government. And I mean, they, they according to their post, they really believe that. That's one thing. And this is one of the problems with social media. Is that it? It is like wildfire for a lot of people, yep. you know, because they're reading this. And I saw another post where this guy looks like Farmer Joe down the road, right? He looks like this guy who you see on the John Deere. Uh, he'll wave at you as he's spitting his chewing tobacco, <laughs> and you know, he, he's one of those guys. But he gets so on from Facebook. Our area. Yeah, right. Exactly. Like, <laughs> no, l- get, literally, literally, he's David. down the road. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> if you look out the window, you'll see him right now. But he gets on, and someone, one of my Facebook friends, sends me this post that says you know, uh, well, he just says, watch this. you got to watch this immediately. Okay, well, I, I turn it on. There's Farmer Joe, and he tells me about how he's got these contacts with all this inside information, intel as he calls it, and this is what's going to happen. This is why Trump's going to, it just goes on, I think, for 25 minutes. It's like someone took this serious enough to send it to me. Are you kidding me? Like this is literally some guy out there who's, you know, just cutting his grass and and thinking of ways, I guess, to be on social media and try to seem important, try to seem relevant. Well, speak, speak that kind of stuff happens all the time.
1: Yeah, but speaking of social media, isn't it the first thing that comes to my mind that Trump has been banned from like Twitter and Facebook and stuff is why it, it's odd to me that it's newsworthy that somebody's banned from, I understand it's the president, but still that he's banned from a social media site. That's crazy to me. Like I I understand how big social media is now, but just the fact that it hasn't been around really that long for me to think that it's should be newsworthy that somebody got banned from it.
0: Well, it's because they've, they've amassed so much power over, over, you know, what, what's spread and, and, you know, newsworthy wise or news wise. And you know, what's funny is I know that they're doing, or at least I think, the reason these big tech companies are doing it is to try to silence the president because they they think it's going to make matters better i would argue that it's going to make things worse so I, the people see this and then, and it's just adding fuel to the fire of these these people that you know think the president keep, just keep getting crapped on uh and you know it doesn't matter whether he is or not it, the point is what what is happening is these people who are already pissed off clearly you know they've been in lockdown for a year they're, they're tired of big government and they think the government's just going to get bigger so you know they're they're and like i said before they're just called names all year long and stuff like that so they 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 just keep getting this anger built up you got your bottle with your bottle cap on it with some mentos in there and it's just <laughs> sizzling and it's sizzling it's getting ready to explode because the people think something happened and, uh, you know, this isn't helping. They already are against big tech, uh, even though we're essentially forced to use them. Um, you know, they are, I'm hoping that we see a shift in, in, you know, hopefully other big tech, hopefully other users come in and stuff like that, but we'll see. But, uh, you know, what I was getting at is I think the people that are going to see this, and they already think Facebook, Twitter, uh, Twitch, and all these guys are Google are the bad guys, so, when they do this, they're making themselves look even worse to this crowd, and maybe they don't care um, however, it's I just think they're making matters worse. I think they
2: they pretty much under the impression, and maybe it's true that they've already got our society on lock with like using social media, Facebook, Twitter, things like that because just just a real quick vote here between us, does Twitter have the right, in your opinion, to ban Trump?
0: Yes. I, I don't know I'm down I'm down the middle well, okay. I, 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 let, let me explain why uh-huh. um, because it's a private company correct so if they in any form or fashion take government dollars not for like advertising or anything because governments do that they pay Facebook and Twitter for advertising mm-hmm. what I mean is if they are taking uh, subsidies to to help pay for things, uh, that because they can't make ends meet or whatever, then I would completely disagree with that. But the fact that, to my knowledge, Twitter and Facebook are completely reliant on their own revenue, and and you know they 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 are completely private companies. I mean, they're public companies because they're publicly traded. Right. But what I mean it that doesn't just private, because privately of, owned, they're privately owned basically. companies. Uh, a lot of people misunderstand that, by the way. But right. um, they should be allowed to censor whomever they want, but be consistent with it. Is the, my biggest issue, you know, you're going you're gonna to ban the president, but you have dictators mm. who are killing people out in the streets every day yeah. uh, still on Twitter or the Chinese Communist Party on Twitter. Okay. Uh, I mean, and come on the, now. Do the you,
2: fact they, they make a little bit of revenue themselves, Facebook and Twitter, they make a little bit of money. A little bit. And so they really don't need government subsidies or anything like that. So, um, and that's, that's my viewpoint as well, because they are, quote unquote, privately owned. Um, they're not a, a public as in governmental type of entity. Then they pretty much have the right if they're not discriminating based on um, because what they have are, are what their rules basically their regulations yep. for their user agreement whatever it is if you break those standards then they can ban you and you sign off on that when you join the the platform anyway yep. so they feel like Trump is ban or that he's uh, stepping over those those agreements and so therefore they have the right to ban him just like they did to Alex Jones rest in peace I know you're out there somewhere <laughs> still what the uh, heck? out. <laughs> I was always a big fan. Didn't believe a good portion of what he said. I just loved listening to him. He's hilarious. I still like catching him every He's once in a while. He's got
0: the best Rogan podcast there is. I know I've texted you on a yeah. few times, yeah. but his episodes I, 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 are the best.
2: I've seen it. I've seen them, all of them. But, uh, yeah, so so that's that's where I land. Now, in my opinion, which, once again, I, I don't care. I could care less either way. If, there, if there's no Facebook tomorrow, I'm not going to shed a single tear, right, or Twitter. I, I just don't really care. I use them. I have some fun with them. I love memes. We talk about that. But I don't really care the way. But if the people really want to speak, since this is a a, a, a private quote unquote company, then you got to use the market. And yep. so, and so enough of those people have to not use that that, uh, that app that that, that yep. company. So therefore, their market share is going to go way down because their ad revenue is going to sink, yep. and they're going to lose a bunch of money. Then they're going to be in real a we'll real pickle, right? They're going to be in a real pickle. Not that they'll go all the way the other way, because if they went all the way to the right side of the aisle, then your left segment of the population who are also the same consumers, or, you know, part of the same uh, consumers, they're going to back away if they use the market to their advantage. And, and so, you know, and people don't understand, but this is a lot of, uh, this is this is how you can use the, the markets yeah. in order to influence the public opinion or the public, uh, the policy yep. of things. Uh, If you don't like Trump being banned, then don't use Twitter or don't use Facebook. And if enough people do that, then obviously things are going to change. But what happens? We get on Facebook and we complain about it. Not we, because once again, I could care less. I I don't really care. But a lot of people do. Yeah, Yeah. they they do. That's where I see it, right? I'm seeing people complaining about Facebook on Facebook, (laughs) saying, I hate Facebook. And I'm sitting there thinking, why are you here? (laughs) How many, how many
1: people have you seen that have supposed to deleted their Facebook 18,000 times Uh already?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that was my joke before, like with, with, When at first, when everybody started moving to Parlor, all your conservatives and stuff like that started moving to Parlor, and and I I had said uh, I didn't post about it, but I was telling people personally. I was like, look, people are gonna be back. Parlor sucks. I'm sorry. It's just got to be better before before people come back. And guess what? They did. And um, and and, until something gets better, or some you know you're just not gonna have it. Now, of course, you you're seeing team ups right now with like Apple and and Google, basically you're saying, hey, you know, we're not gonna let Parlor. On our, on our mobile devices if, um, you know, if, if they don't start silencing people. And, you know, that's unfortunate. But this is where the market starts to turn. This is why you let the market do your thing. Unfortunately, people have the tendency of wanting things right now. So they're like, oh, man, right. you know, Facebook's doing this. So I want, you know, I want my way now. Well, unfortunately, that's not how it works, you know, with monopolies and markets. Uh, usually big companies, e- either they're putting out a product that is so dang good, you know, they may start to monopolize but the product is so good that it doesn't necessarily matter but at the so monopolies in some senses may not be bad but then when they start becoming um producing poor product poor services that's when you start seeing other adv- you know smaller companies arise mm-hmm. and and bringing up newer products and and so that's when you start to see a shift in the market. And I would expect this, this be one of the turning points with maybe Facebook, maybe. Um, I, I, at least I would start to see that, anyways. Um, so we'll, we'll see where it goes. I, I'm honestly, I mean, Facebook is obviously a superior product. Um, mm-hmm. I. I have not really had a problem with it, so we'll, we'll remain here, and, you know, we'll have a parlor and, and other stuff that I'll, I'll go to as well, you know, whatever. I don't mind. I already have nine different social medias on my phone anyways. What's one more, right?
2: Yeah. I, I tried the the Mines. Have you ever tried Mines? I haven't. Minesweeper? Mine. No, it's Mines. mines. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just Mines. I grew up with that. Yeah, I yeah. did, <laughs> too, dude. I used to love that. I got to where it wasn't just about like not hitting the mines. I want to see how quickly I could I could go through it, just like randomly and hope without, you win. Yeah, without yeah. blowing up. Yeah. It very rarely ever happened. But no, it was just a little uh, social media app that I tried out. It just wasn't, and I found it on Joe Rogan Podcast. This is where I heard from it, I heard of it from, and uh, it, it didn't last. It, you yeah. know, just someone's going to have to come with the big guns to take down Facebook. Are we it, gonna, are we going to have Elon Biden, Musk?
1: Are we going to see Maybe. Biden on social media?
2: On Twitter, I bet you you might see. Well, uh,
1: will he run his own account? I should say that. I no,
2: guess. no, he
0: don't no. do nothing on his own right now, buddy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that guy. He's. I. I would be shocked if he lasts two years. I really do. Yeah, you, I, we you might will see have. The f- I. We will have the first woman president. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my opinion, I, I honestly believe that. And um, you know, we'll, we'll see where it goes. I mean, I think you're really going to start start to see states step up, and like I was talk, talking about with nullification of the Second Amendment. Rights and stuff like that. Um, you know, I think you're going to start seeing more of that at the state level. At least you're more conservative states, and which would have been perfect for someone like me who was planning on going in and doing that, anyways. Uh, but there's no doubt that both parties, in my opinion, are, are the parties of big government, and obviously the Democrats bigger than than the Republicans. Mm-hmm. But neither party is is perfect, and uh, or far from it, actually. So, you know, I think you're going to see more of your states start to see that. I, you know, I don't, I have some friends that think civil war or secession is going to start happening. And, um, you know, I doubt it. I doubt that happens. Um, things will probably continue to pan out, things will get worse. You know, they'll probably get rid of, uh, you know, like the. They'll get Obamacare back to where it was, or they'll they'll get it you know health care further on. And I I like to see what states do, and that's where it should start in the first place is at the state level. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the whole point of the Tenth Amendment, and really the whole point of a federalist government in the first place is state sovereignty and and states stepping up and and when when the government becomes overbearing, uh, to, to to step up and be that voice. You know, not the people storming the Capitol. So hopefully we see we see that happening. Uh, maybe Missouri gets started. I don't know. I doubt it because I'm not there. But you know, it's uh, <laughs> no. There there are some pretty good representatives that could be a leader on that. And I, I'm not saying that's what I want to see happen, but it might be necessary.
2: Well, but, I, I am with you on states doing what they were meant to do in the first place. You know, it was supposed to be a a federalist nation, right? I mean, the states are supposed to have sovereignty and autonomy, and when they have that, then they can make a lot of the decisions that they've relegated to the federal government. Another conversation for another time, but, you know, it seems like it's always you got to follow the money, you know, And, and the federal government has become so big, it's such a big business, that they funnel money down to the states. It's kind of like a, I don't know if it's a bribe, but kind of like protection protection money going the opposite way we'll protect you but only if you well you get you take this money we're only going to give it to you if you allow well, us to exactly have oversight over you basically yep. right that's exactly it, what happens you sure you want this because if, if so then you're going to have to do a b and c if you don't, you don't do this
0: you ain't getting those covid vaccines mm-hmm. and,
2: and then don't. and then the your your population or your citizens are like hey you know why don't we have new roads or why don't we have the covid vaccine or whatever and the people who, uh, you know, rely on their constituents for the votes are like, well, we didn't take the money from the federal government. They're going to get voted out, right? Because the people, and so it's this massive cycle that's really broken. It's, I, I wonder how the states are ever going to try and, and regain that that's power. That's
0: a problem. So we'll take Medicaid expansion that that just happened in, uh, whenever it was whatever it happened, I guess it was in the primaries uh, of 2020 in Missouri. So originally when Obamacare came out, you know, you had the option, the states had the option to have Medicaid expansion. They didn't have to take it, but the Medicaid expansion came with government funding, uh, federal funding to the states. Well, Missouri said no. And, you know, as the campaign for Medicaid expansion was going on, they were saying, well, it was going to bring in all of this extra revenue, but they weren't saying where the revenue was coming from. Well it was coming from the federal government that's mm-hmm. where the extra revenue was coming from the all the rest of the- uh revenue is coming from the state government so you know that's why it was a big deal that it was which it passed but the 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 budget the the Republicans were basically trying to get it to uh to not pass because they knew that this was going to be a budget buster that what the funding is coming from the government it's not coming from you know, people that are paying the, the the hospitals more. You know, it's not coming from anything except for government tax dollars. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's just funny you said that because that's exactly what what happened here. And and it passed. And when you know people hear more money and free money, it, they just have a tendency to buy it and pay. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they they don't think about the future consequences of what could happen. And and I would argue a lot of politicians do the same thing. Oh, most politicians do they don't think about the actual consequences that come like a secondhand consequence that mm-hmm. could happen
2: so yeah, they're thinking about those votes that's
0: exactly oh man
2: and, and, don't even and, get me started and, and don't even <laughs> get me started man brother the paradox of free money that's that's another that's, yep. big conversation but brian we're running up on time here man we thank you for coming out and sharing your story with the uh, the run on the capitol and your insight into that is interesting. I assume you're going to be running again for Missouri politics, maybe in a couple of years. Here is that is that correct? Um, you
0: know, originally I told the wife that it was going to be a one and done thing. I will say I thought after this my itch would be done, and it was for you talk about checking out after my election. I was done. Yeah. But once the general election was over, I started getting back into it again, and uh, the 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 fire is there again. And so, you know, I don't know. We'll see where it goes. I mean, you know, it just depends. Once you talk about the money, obviously, to be a viable candidate, you have to have money. So, if um, you know, if there's some people that ask me to run and have, you know, want to, want to throw out some money my way for whatever it is, you know, I'm I'm willing because we need more candidates to 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 bring on smaller government. And you know, I was thankful um, that I lost in this in one sense because you know more family time it, it, it actually brought my wife and I together or closer together it's so crazy mm. uh you know just afterwards we we just seemed to be our better relationship than what we had before I ran for election and um even during the election it, it just brought us closer so even with the you know the addition of the third child things just got way better so I, I don't know for better or for worse if you know the loss was was for better or for worse however um, you know, if, if, if the timing is right, we obviously would have to talk to the boss, the main boss, the wife about that. But mm-hmm. if, if timing is right and support is there, you know, I, I could run for anything as long as it, it means, uh, protecting people's natural rights and, and bringing on Liberty, uh, back, back to where it should be.
2: Good. Well, you're awfully young to not have maybe another run in you or two, so be looking for that man thanks again for coming out to the podcast studio thank you guys and uh it's good to see you as always brother yeah appreciate it thanks for having me again and uh you know hopefully hopefully we can do this again sometime yeah absolutely all right thanks again to bryant wolfen and thank you cep listener remember that word of mouth feels like a big fat tax cut for us so don't forget to tell your friends and fam about the great variety that you hear right here on the cep Subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you consume the podcast that you love so much to keep the variety coming straight to your ear holes with the automaticity. Also, on that note, when you go to Apple Podcasts, it would help us immensely if you give us that five-star rating while you're there to show your love for the CEP. And speaking of love, we love it when you give us all of your love on the socials, when you do give us all of your love on the socials. so. Be sure to give us all of your love on the socials and be sure to visit the launching pad, the all new and improved launching pad for all things cerebral at the CEPodcast.com. And of course, if you need to contact us, you can do that at Cerebral at the CEPodcast.com. Also remember that we now have official CEP merch at buyjack.com slash CEP. That includes all of the CEP network merch. So get online and get your CEP network gear today. That's all I've got, folks, so until next time, be sure to keep those big, beautiful brains of yours nice and warm out there. See ya.